Wait, so in three months, you were able to pick off 10 ex-missionary BYU students? Yeah, yeah. So they were mainly and like- And get them baptized in a completely different faith. Exactly, yeah. And they're still part of the church, but they don't talk to them anymore. <laughs> Real, so they're still part of the evangelical church? Yeah, it's called Centerpoint in Orem. I don't know if you heard of it. Get out of town. <laughs> Spending money like I just got paid. Hundred dollar bills, tell them keep the change. Come on. It is like always ask questions because question marks are shaped like hooks and you're trying to hook them in. Hey, pop a bottle, about to make it rain. Let me give you something now to celebrate. Come on. I lost everything. I lost all my friends. Some family don't even talk to me anymore. And if you're wondering why I move the way I do, I just feel so good. You were a missionary. For the evangelical faith, who converted 10 returned missionary <laughs> BYU students into an evangelical church in Orem. Mm -hmm. And then you come back to California and you convert to the faith that you had literally just converted a bunch of people away from. And now you're going out to be a missionary on behalf of that faith. Exactly. <laughs> the following is an episode of Ward Radio and does not represent the thoughts or the opinions of KHTS, its owners, or any of its affiliates, nor does it represent the official opinion of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. With that said, sit back, relax, and enjoy the program. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, back to Ward Radio. I'm joined today in the studio. Oh, no, did that one wrong. I am your host, Cardinalis, and today I am joined in the studio by Alan Ariaga, who is a, a new, I just found out, outgoing missionary of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, who's doing the home MTC and has a very interesting history as a missionary, both for and against the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Apparently, he used to be an evangelical who would go to Salt Lake City Temple Square to join the evangelical protesters and even baptized some uh, ex-Mormon on their way out presumably now anti-Mormon, non-ex-Mormon subreddit people, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, but uh, yeah, you used to be a missionary both for and against the church, but now you're a missionary for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. This is a crazy story, man. Uh, dive right in. Tell us your story. What's going on? Yeah, yeah, sure. So my story started about two years ago in 2021, and it was honestly like crazy because in high school, I was part of a STEM program, and I had a lot of Latter-day Saint friends, and um, so 30, 30 people out of my class out of 35 were Latter-day Saints. And it was pretty crazy because, like, you know, you get... Wait, 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 wait. 30 out of 35 kids in your STEM program? Now, STEM, that's that's a magnet uh, program for people that are doing, like, science, technology... Engineering and math. Engineering and math. Yeah. Okay, excellent. So it's it's the Brainiac, similar to Gate <laughs> in, in, in California, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And 30 out of 35 of the kids in the Big Brain program were Mormon? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, is that just because you came from a Mormon town? Are you Utah? Wait, where are you from, bro? No, I'm from Newbury Park, California. Oh, so. okay. So you weren't lying when you said you're in Los Angeles. You're <laughs> actually in, in Los Angeles, not just visiting. Okay. <laughs> wow, get out of town. So 30 out of 35 of your classmates we're members of the church. Mm -hmm. All right, keep going. Yeah, yeah. So, I so fresh. So this program started in tenth grade and went through twelfth grade. So it was three years, and then, so then I got put into it because I wasn't doing that good. So it's like half, like you know, not so smart kids, half smart kids, and so I was with them for two out of three classes for three years. So I was with them like the whole time. We went on field trips together, and then I was really close with them. So I went to church with them. And then after, I decided um, to keep in touch with them throughout some of them when they went on their mission and some of them, you know, 
went um, and got married as usual. Yeah. <laughs> so um, <laughs> it was pretty cool because they used to always tell me about a mission and just, you know, I had the tef- testimony of Christ. And so um, some sister missionaries came by my house and um, at first I was like, nah, like, you know, I won't meet with them. So then I started meeting with them and then they got transferred out. And then two sister missionaries I'm still best friends with today, Ashley and Tatiana. Um, they're like my best of friends and they taught me for like five, like four to five transfers. And so they taught me for a while. And so we got into like Bible bashing, the whole deal. And there was a point where like, like some lessons were like gospel, you know, and teaching and some lessons were just like, you know, I was venting about my girlfriend or just other stuff in life and like turmoil. And so then after I was like, you know what, I'm gonna go to Bakersfield. This is not for me. Thank you. And it was like the saddest moment because we grew our friendship together and I decided to like dip out on them, you know? Oof. And so, because they had hope like that I was going to get baptized, like they knew, but they just didn't know when. So it was kind of like we both agreed to like stop meeting. And okay, so then all right. I went to Bakersfield with my grandpa because he is an evangelical pastor in Spanish. And so he started a whole church over there. And then with him, I went to Utah to go preach in Salt Lake City area with like a whole mission president and like it was crazy. So it was like Wait, I'm, what do you mean with a whole like an ex mission president or what? No, no, it was like a like a mission president from our church. Like he like was Oh, you guys okay, so that's the actual title in your faith. Yeah. The old ex faith yeah. as well. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so you went to Salt Okay. Did you know what you were getting into? Like, I did, did yeah, you yeah. have like the devil horns costume <laughs> outfit and the like, you're going to hell posters and <laughs> no more burning and no bosom? Did you have all of that? Or are you just kind of one of the nice guys that's like, listen, brothers and sisters, and let us come reason together? Which yeah. one were you? Uh, kind of like in between both. <laughs> oh, really? So, yeah. what was your number one uh, pickup line to try and get people to leave the church? Uh, probably like the Book of Mormon and all its contradictions. So, like, really? I, would, I would use like, my big emphasis over there in Utah was emphasis on grace, on like how like Second Nephi says like, oh, after all you can do. So I'd, oh, I'd, you were doing that. <laughs> oh, weak sauce, man. But uh, it, it works, I guess, for some people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The weak-minded. Yeah. So no, like, I just, <laughs> just kidding. Okay, so literally, well, well, how would it go? Like, would you guys, this is so awesome. I'm getting a, a peek into the evangelical uh, conference protesters' <laughs> mind here. Would you like wake up early in the morning and like do a little powwow and be like, okay, cool, you know, we're going to go for a. Uh, uh, two male adults see if we can't get it's like a hunting trip you know what I'm saying like are you just like comparing your hunting tags and saying like okay you go get him you go get him or are you just old school preacher style with a megaphone just like Rah! you know wh- what were you doing dude did you get up have a little early morning pep talk and say okay today we're gonna take second Nephi out of context and then we're gonna lambaster for burning the bosom what what are you gonna do what'd you do so, so we did a little bit of both so my emphasis especially here when I was with Ashley and, and them and all the other sisters I put an emphasis on what did Jesus actually teach, right? Like, so if you look in the Bible, Jesus, you know, kind of spoke against eternal marriage in the book of Matthew. And then he, he said his church will never fall away. So that was like my main points in like Utah. So my mission basically spanned from like Salt Lake City all the way down to Spanish Fork. And so it was like a big area. So we went so to- So your evangelical mission mm-hmm. spanned from Salt Lake City mm-hmm. to Spanish Fork. Okay, um, this is a rabbit hole that you can address later, but I'd be curious- now that you're a baptized member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and you're actually 
um, being a missionary for our church that used to be a missionary against. How have you overcome that hurdle of thinking previously that uh, Jesus Christ spoke out against marriage when um, now there's actually other interpretations of that verse? Like, mm-hmm. have you just like has been mind blowing? Are you going to be like some super missionary now because, you know, like <laughs> all of the attacks like like how did you how did you overcome that hurdle? So so first. Mm-hmm. Keep telling your story of what what your mis- evangelical mission was like, okay, you know, okay. and what it was like being a conference protester, <laughs> and then tell us how you like what it's like now getting over those Bible bash hurdles and knowing what the argument is on the other side. Okay, okay. So I can I can kind of start when I left Bakersfield, so that we okay, can cool. Hit a little it, bit. Hit it. So we left like a group of fifty of us from Bakersfield to. Um, Salt Lake and we drove in a van it was like pretty funny and like we're all just like you know singing in like trin- trin- trinity hymns and just like you know just all praise the trinity and so then we got to Salt Lake we checked in a hotel and then one of the guys is like hey why don't we just rent an Airbnb so we just rented an Airbnb and so we stayed at a huge Airbnb in Salt Lake it was pretty nice and every day we used to go to different locations so my spots were like BYU UVU um, Provo the corner of like I forgot the streets, but like in downtown Provo. And so <laughs> you were an evangelical counter protester at BYU. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, dude. Okay. Keep going. This gets better and better, bro. I don't know. Like at least when you're at the conference center, it's like families. Like there's probably a lot of Mormon women that got married. Don't know a ton about scriptures. Don't really care. Mm-hmm. Want to just go in with their kids to listen to the nice chicken noodle for the soup. There's probably just a lot of dudes that are, have just barely woken up, haven't shaved and like, yeah, I got to go to conference. Cause my <laughs> wife wants to drag me along, you know, at least there's like, you know, the weak ones spiritually that you can pick off, not to say that you're weak if you're not a scriptorian. Okay. But I'm just saying it's a much more generalized population you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Whereas BYU dude, like nine out of 10 brothers there are returned missionaries <laughs> that have put up with dudes like you for like two years <laughs> of their life and are ready to go to the mat, man. That must've been crazy. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. It's pretty intense. Cause some, I encountered a lot of like, um, the girls who were like returned sister missionaries, they were like really knew their scriptures. And it's surprising to me that they really knew their Bible. So that's kind of where they dumped me sometimes. And so. What are you saying, dog? What do you mean? <laughs> sister missionaries know more about scriptures than dudes do? <laughs> sometimes, yeah. This, this this is over. No, I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. Keep going, bro. Keep going. <laughs> um, but so basically, um, so the like the girls need more like a little bit because the guys were kind of like you know kind of burnt out and not really like you know just not having it sometimes and so that's never easy like easy targets. <laughs> or maybe it's because the sisters get put in nicer areas during their mission <laughs> and all of the elders that had to deal with like you know there's the poor missionary sweating mission president sweating bullets like oh man that area has a bunch of psycho evangelicals I can't put the sisters there and sacrifice them. <laughs> to the you know like oh man that is crazy but actually it, it's to me it's very interesting and i love sister missionaries i actually mm-hmm. there's a lot of jokes oh, yeah, between yeah. there's a lot of jokes between you know boy missionaries girl missionaries male missionaries female missionaries mm-hmm. and there's a lot of stereotypes and tropes that you'll meet that are honestly kind of fun to exploit on both sides mm-hmm. however mm-hmm. to me um missionary work is a lot like volleyball 
When you mm-hmm. go watch girls volleyball, it's like watching poetry in motion. It is like <laughs> who can out correctly form the other person. It's mm-hmm. it, it it's more perfect than like golf almost, you know, mm-hmm. like they just have such good form and, and they are athletic women and things like that. But girls, they're generally a little bit shorter. They don't have the same, you know, bone density and mm-hmm. the same verticals mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. So they rely a lot more on technique and form. And it's it's actually very entertaining to watch. It's one of the few sports where the female counterpart is not just a really lagging version of the male counterpart it's Mm -hmm. nearly a different sport when it comes to the beauty of the form and how Mm -hmm. they get it down and the discipline required and the self-mastery is impressive to watch and then you go to the dudes and it's just a mess like one guy (laughs) shanks a ball up uh, the setter comes and he barely like does a half illegal set and then just some seven foot monster from the back row just runs with a 40 inch vertical and smashes it to the other side only to have the other side do the exact same thing and it's literally like watching a tumble dryer trying to keep a ball off the ground you know so with sister missionaries yeah sometimes they they just got better form when it comes to uh the 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 human interaction uh with scripture and everything and it's it's interesting you notice that keep going yeah i'm just gonna say one thing since you mentioned on sister missionaries i think if it wasn't for sisters and their patience and love and care, I don't think I would be here right now. Because, like, whenever I had lessons with elders in the past, it was very much, like, you know, Bible bashing or just, like, not, just not it. You know, they didn't really care for me. They just were, like, robots, you know. And that's what I bring into the table now. It's serving a mission now. And I'm, I need to change that stereotype big time because I need to, like, I'm very much, like, like to talk a lot and I like to relate to people. So sisters are very good at doing that. And so... There was times where, like I said before, like I was having a bad day and they would just read a scripture to me and I was just like, dang, this is really cool. Versus elders, they were just kind of like, oh, are you going to get baptized or not? Like just very straight to the point. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, dude, are you going to get off the pot or are you going to take a dump, man? It's been 20 minutes. Yeah, that's funny. All right. Well, good job, sister missionaries. Crushing it. And actually, you know. I, I, I'm I, I'm a huge fan of their um uh, uh, of their very unique and beautiful addition to the uh, service of our Lord. So anyway, from Bakersfield to a corner at BYU, <laughs> and the girls were better at scriptures. You say, all right, keep going, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. So then, um, as I started, you know, kind of teaching lessons how regular missionaries do, I started like you know, kind of inviting people to our Airbnb and um, kind of teaching them lessons who were like kind of doubtful of our like the Latter-day Saint faith. And so I gathered about like 20 at a time. And so some of them, like they started going slowly, like, ah, it's not for me. But there's a few that stuck out. And those are the ones I got to baptize. And in total, there was like 10 in total, like throughout throughout the three months. Because I got sent home early. So, yeah. Wait, so in three months, you were able to pick off 10 ex-missionary BYU students? Yeah, yeah. So they were mainly And like, get them baptized in a completely different faith. Exactly, yeah, and they're still part of the church, but they don't talk to them anymore. <laughs> Real, so they're still part of the evangelical church. Yeah, it's called Center Point in Orem. I don't know if you heard of it. Get out of town! <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're like a jerk version of the Apostle Paul. No, I'm just totally kidding. I'm totally kidding. I'm totally kidding. Wow. So you literally. Oh my gosh, this is crazy, bro. Okay, so you pick off about ten. Mm-hmm. Now, did they quit being BYU students or? Um, so they kind of laid low for a while. One of them ended up transferring to UVU. Um, but then uh, it kind of sucks because like after I got sent home, they like they didn't keep in touch with me because they like they almost like it was like a switch. Like I switched around to LDS and they switched around to evangelical. So they like shunned me after I got home. 
get out of town. Yeah. So they're like, oh, like you're part of the devil, like this and that, like, like you know. Wait, wait. So <laughs> I can't believe this. You were a missionary for the evangelical faith who converted 10 returned missionary <laughs> BYU students into an evangelical church in Orem. Mm -hmm. And then you come back to California and you convert to the faith that you had literally just converted a bunch of people away from. And now you're going out to be a missionary on behalf of that faith. Exactly. <laughs> that is just, bro. Bro. <laughs> like, okay, keep going, man. Keep okay, going. Okay. So I'll start off with, like, I started teaching them. So... Basically, I don't know if you know Keith Walker or any of them, like Bill McKeever or... Nope. Okay, so they're very prominent in the anti-LDS um, media. So they preach on like Jesus and the kind of scriptures and kind of Joseph Smith and the gold plates. So that was kind of my approach. Like, okay, like the gold plates, like he had a... I think Joseph Smith had like a broken leg at the time or something. Like, I don't remember. I don't recall, but I used to bring that up and kind of like, oh, it was too heavy for him. It's impossible because it was like 200 pounds and kind of like the logical explanation and like the Book of Mormon. Like like all the tropes that they've mm -hmm. recycled for 300 years. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so my main catch, so I would ask questions. My This is something I learned on my mission that I'll probably take on my mission now is really good is like always ask questions because question marks are shaped like hooks and you're trying to hook them in. So, <laughs> oh, that sounds like an evangelical, not acronym, but adage right there. Is that something your pastor grandpa taught you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, Question marks are shaped like hooks meant to get them in. Like, oh, man. If there's any proof that North American evangelical uh, uh, proselyting tactics are deeply rooted in salesmanship, there's your answer right there. You know, that's funny. Keep going. Yeah, so then um, I started meeting with them. So there was like five lessons. That we taught so exactly we copycatted like lds church structure like with the mission president with the lessons except it was different lessons obviously and so like the first one was like oh the apostasy and like we would reverse it so there was no apostasy in our belief like when i was teaching and so kind of like jesus said in matthew like how his church will never fall away so i'd focus heavy heavy on that like okay and especially with ashley and everybody like i would be like hey you're gonna either believe jesus or you're gonna believe joseph smith like you can't believe both and so that got everyone thinking in utah they're like oh like that's kind of true like what if like joseph smith like didn't say this and that and so then i brought up polygamy and that brought up that bothered a lot of guys because you know that's a whole nother issue but that it's funny because like now that i speak of this like all the attacks i did like people bring it up to me like my friends and like oh you only need to trust the bible but once you get a testimony of the Book of Mormon, you can't deny that. Like, just the Holy Ghost spoke to me once I got home, and I was like, yeah, I'm joining. Now, I never expected to serve a mission because I was like, oh, I think joining is just enough. But, um, yeah, now I'm about to serve a mission, which is crazy. <laughs> and it all happened within, like, I got baptized, and then within, like, six months, I got my Melchizedek priesthood and started my paperwork. And then... December 12th, I got my mission called the North Carolina Rally Mission, Spanish speaking. So, Okay, so this is wild. So you said that once you get a testimony of the Book of Mormon, you can't deny it. We've got five minutes left before we have to go on a hard out for a commercial break. Um, how did a guy who used to literally be converting away <laughs> members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, a.k.a. Mormons, how did a guy that used to deconvert Mormons, gain a testimony of the Book of Mormon itself enough that he wants to go out 
and reconvert Mormons? How did you gain a testimony of the very book that you used to fight against? Um, honestly, just reading it with an open heart and with true intent, like Rona's promise. I, I obviously read the Book of Mormon on the mission because, you know, just kind of using it against it. But then as I started reading it with like, without any missionaries, without like my bishop, without anyone around me, just me and myself, I was like, dang, this is like the most Christian book ever. And I can't deny this. And I need the world to know about this. And so it was kind of funny because when I got baptized, everybody came. Like, it was crazy. Like, sisters who taught me, like, the chapel was full. Like, my bishop was like, hey, like, it was funny because, like, normally it's in the baptismal room, you know? Yeah. And he was like, hey, we have a problem. I was like, oh, my gosh, like, what's wrong? It's like, we have too many people here, so we need to move into the chapel. <laughs> and so just, Really? Just, Mr. Pop- how many of them were hate watchers and how many of them were happy for you? <laughs> <laughs> well, they're all super happy. It was crazy because, like, I didn't expect that from anyone because imagine me leaving, preaching against them, like, their religion. And, you know, it's funny because, like, Ashley, Tatiana, and a few others, like, they, they're the ones that kept me going. They're the ones like, hey, like, are you okay? Like, they didn't, like, obviously they didn't agree with what I was, what I was doing, but they still, like, kept in touch with me and say, hey, I'm praying for you. And when I left, like, when I got sent home early, none of my evangelical friends reached out. Like, nobody. Really? Why'd you get sent home early? And why didn't they reach out? Okay, so basically, here's the interesting part. So I got sent home early because... Early from the evangelical mission. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So it was originally six months, but I got sent home the third month because around the second month, I really started doubting what I was doing. I was like, nah, this this is really wrong. Like, I feel so bad. Like, I'm turning away people from their faith, and these are good people, you know? And so I started... So this is why the Jordan River Temple means so much to me. I started going there every day after preaching and just trying to find people to talk to about the restoration, just trying to be open-minded, trying to switch that mindset, you know? And I met this group of young adults who I sadly lost touch with, but um, they're the ones who, like, would just nurture me and just give me le- missionary lessons because they're all return missionaries. And they're the ones like, hey, like, why don't you just read the Book of Mormon with us? So then every night I would read the Book of Mormon with them, just, like, you know, like a chapter or two. And then one day my mission president, he went out looking for me. Because I had my phone on me, so it wasn't as strict as a LDS mission. And so then they found me, and then he's like, like you know, just started cussing me out. It was really bad and got into a huge argument. And then I went back to the Airbnb, and then like an hour later, he gave me a plane ticket. He's like, hey, you're on your way home back to Los Angeles. And that just like, it was like the happiest, saddest moment of my life because I was like happy because I could finally be free of this nonsense of like preaching against like you know the truth and sad because i lost everything i lost all my friends some family don't even talk to me anymore um it was really bad but luckily i gained the best gift which is eternal life in christ so yeah oh my gosh (laughs) that is that is heartbreaking but simultaneously like like unbelievable i i don't know how to react i just i need to process this during our commercial break okay so um for those of you that are just tuning in we are listening to alan Ariaga. he's an outgoing missionary for the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints who literally used to be a missionary against the church aka the mormon church 
Um, but then upon reading the Book of Mormon and studying it, he uh, decided he was wrong for preaching <laughs> against him and ended up becoming a missionary for the church now. And is going to go do the exact same thing. Uh, this is wild. Unfortunately, we got to go. But on the other side of this commercial break, I'm going to Bible bash with you. And, no, I'm just totally kidding. <laughs> um, but I would be interested in seeing how you overcame a lot of these humps that you used to use as tools mm-hmm. against mm-hmm. the church. That's that's actually going to be a really interesting conversation. So anyway, we're going to be back in a couple of minutes here. Um, as always, for more, please check us out at wardradio.com. I just feel so good. 